Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the wonderful Michaela from Project Artisan. Originally from Slovakia, Michaela arrived in Phuket 16 years ago. Her journey to Phuket started back when she first met her gorgeous husband. Mmm, we all love a purple turtleneck, don't we ladies? Yes. It then took her around the world before she finally made her home here in Phuket and created the awesome Project Artisan. Michaela is a beautiful person inside and out and it was a pleasure to pod with her. Plus, we got free ice cream. Mmm, ice cream. Nice. Enjoy the show. to the podcast. Hello mate. Russell. How are you? <laughs> no, I don't like Russell. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say just say today, but, but I don't like you but at every all. day. We're not here for you, we're here for the lovely Michaela. Hey guys. Hello. How are you doing? That's it, I'm good. That's it, yeah, we're finished. That's all we want. Okay, bye. Grateful that you're okay. Thanks for coming. Um, it's been brilliant. Michaela, what's your last name? Mikalikova. Right, okay, good Don't one. try that. Mikalikova. Um, where are you from originally? Slovakia. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Got this ticking all the boxes now. And when did you get to Phuket? We came to Phuket in two thousand five. Okay. Yes. So Say we. Many years ago. That's me and my husband. Okay. And what was the reason you came here? We came here to find a place that we will call temporary home because he's. Uh, <laughs> His business at that time was uh, consulting, so there was a lot of traveling, in, and we wanted to have one place in in this region to always return to. Where were Where were you before that? Before that, we were in uh, Cambodia, Maldives, Canada, and different places. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Oh wow! It's lots to unpack here. Yeah, yeah. So lots and lots of traveling. So go on. No, sorry, sorry, 2005 I came here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, same year, same year as me. When did you two first meet? Well, that would be in 1999 in Slovakia. Okay. When Martin was visiting only for a one month holiday between <laughs> oh, yeah. two a holiday moments, was it? Yeah. Did he sweep you off your feet with his charm, good looks, and? Oh my God, this story should not go out this publicly. <laughs> You don't have to tell the whole story. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't want to, yeah. but it sounds I, juicy. Yeah, it sounds like we can say this for the podcast. Well, well, no, we were just, I would completely forget about this story. Um, but we were just telling it to our friends who are here from Bangkok, and it was very popular, I have to say. <laughs> what, he was popular? No, the story. Oh, right. Okay. The story <laughs> how we met. Is this, is this supposed to be, should we put this on a late night podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> so Martin felt like uh, the first date, which was kind of like blind date supported with our friends, um, it would be a good good thing to wear purple turtleneck. 
you yeah. to wear them. No, him. Ma- Martin. Shocking. Wait, 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 where's Martin from originally? Same country. Oh, so you said, but, but you hadn't, he was just there, she you was, said he was visiting for a month. He was visiting the family because he just finished his contract in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Was he singing with Celine Dion or was he no. teaching tigers with Siegfried and Roy? No, he was working for a hotel, a uh, five-star hotel okay. company. And he was just about to uh, move to Maldives to open another resort. Okay. And he wore a purple turtleneck. Mm. Yes. I'm trying to visualize, <laughs> visualize that. Honestly, no. you, you, listener, you want to see, you don't, you want no. to see the face? No, don't try. Okay. Yeah, it was a big success, let's just say. <laughs> I wasn't well, impressed. Well, see that? But yeah, I know. Talk, talk to him. He thinks it was... Really good choice, and he was. Well, it clearly around. worked. He obviously worked. He, he was playing a long game. <laughs> I would say it really drastically delayed the process of us getting <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But we have a good story to to tell. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true. It's just all about to purple turtleneck. So after you, you, you've, what were you doing at that time? Vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Questioning my life choices. Your, your, your future partner's dress sense. Which oh, hasn't got better, yeah. I probably. Or has it got better? Well, it couldn't have got much oh, worse yeah, by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it was okay after that. Like, we throw that away. And <laughs> you say we threw that away? Yeah. Was it you or him? I did. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, yeah, since then we are trying to forget about it. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, so what were you doing before you met with Martin? So before I met him, I was working for a publishing um, house and I was in charge of German customers. Okay. We were printing books in um, back then in Czechoslovakia and exporting them to other European countries. Okay. So it was my job. I was super duper happy, single, having fun, and never even thinking about living in another country or living living Slovakia. Had you travelled much yourself? Not much because it was um, uh, I don't know how many years after the communism, and you know it wasn't like we would go. Uh, yeah, one of my first trips was actually Thailand in 1997. Okay. Yeah, uh, and it was a big deal back then, like yeah, for sure. our, my generation of uh, back then young people to go that far, to go to Asia. So, yeah, it wasn't very common to live in other country. It's not part of our culture. What was it? Um, this is a, kind of a quick one. This is actually using your question, but what was it like for you sort of growing up in Slovakia? Yeah, I think about it a lot, you know, these days because we never really, really felt like it was big deal. I guess my generation, we had it easy. You know, we, when the communists left the country, I was 18. So basically, you know, I didn't lose the whole life, like let's say my parents, they, they just have not many opportunities to to be who they wanted to be or live the life or tra- travel so for us it was more like we had all opportunities of different kind everything was for free education sports so me and martin we always discuss like you know people always feel like it was really tough 
And it was in uh, maybe Russia, more so than Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, and those those parts of the communist um, block. But um, for Czechoslovakia, it was, I think, pretty relaxed, and so there was not too much suffering. And by the time we were 18, I was 18, Martin was a little bit older, then um, we were free to go. Yeah. Right, I need to get my geography. Oh, God. Sorted out here. Mm-hmm. Now, Czechoslovakia. Don't ask you to spell it. No, no. <laughs> Not even me. But that's split into Czech Republic, Czech Republic and, Slovakia. and Slovakia. And Slovakia, okay. Mm-hmm. And were you, you were in yeah, the country. So we were born in Czechoslovakia. Okay. Yes. And, and then when it split, mm-hmm. then you became. Did, were you happy to become Slovakian, or would you have much choice? <laughs> well, I, I don't know how it works. What, yeah, no, well, for it depends us, on which side of the border you were on. Yes, but we were we, the Czechoslovakian environment was so bilingual, bicultural. We are very different cultures together, but it was more that the the, the generation of my parents and my grandparents they were see all those things that how it was mm. non-beneficial to Slovakia. Uh, the is there a, an actual, well it certainly is now, but at the time was there more of like an, and I don't mean east-west sort of in the, the, the larger sense of the term, but mm. was there more of an east-west divide in Czechoslovakia? So you have more like a Czech side and a Slovakian yeah, field, it was full, even before the split. Yes, it was fully divided, it had a border that was not visible. But everything was run bilingual and bicultural. Like, for example, you will have news, evening news, and one of the hosts is speaking Slovak. The second host, the next story goes in Czech. Then you have a story for children. It's it's in Slovak. The the, the Czech Republic was much more um, all the film industry and creating the movies that was all there. So most of the movies were in Czech, but many Slovak actors were playing there. Like if you ask me after the evening news which language it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But in school, in Slovak, in Slovak part, we were learning in Slovak language. All the books were in Slovak. Right, okay. Where did you, Yugoslavia come into all this? Yeah, it's close. <laughs> close enough. For the south. Yeah. Um, well, that one, when Yugoslavia split in 92. Um, bad did they have a bad breakup? Was it an argument? Yeah, yeah they, that, they, that, they that have a bad breakup. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I'll make a joke about that then. Yugoslavia was a different sort of kind of yeah. that was. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the revolution that happened in uh, Czechoslovakia was called Velvet Revolution for a reason. It was done peaceful. in a very peaceful way. Nothing happened. Um, and then the uh, the split Slovakia and uh, Czech Republic, it was just the paperwork basically. It didn't, it Sounds like a nice divorce. Yeah, it yeah. was a very nice divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Let's not bring up divorces. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You'd know about that. I oh. would know about that. <laughs> so, you know, um, brothers and sisters? Yep. I have a younger brother, four years younger, and that's it. And a big family because my mom is coming from five kids, so there is a lot of us. Is everyone still back in Everyone in so You're the, the outlier, the I'm, black sheep. I'm the only black sheep living in a weird place. <laughs> in them. a weird place. For them. 
That's it. No, no, it's weird for all of us, don't worry. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so after the turtleneck incident, you, you <laughs> fell in love with Martin, mm-hmm. which I can see. Or fell sorry for him, it was one of the two. Probably felt sorry, I think. Yeah, yeah. go with that. <laughs> when was the time, you then obviously you dated for a little while, you then got together, mm-hmm. but when was the time that he said, do you know what, let's start travelling? And I'm, I'm assuming that it was him that pushed that narrative? Uh, with him, it wasn't like, let's let's do traveling. Like, he was waiting for a new contract in Maldives. And at that time, Maldives is but like... But this is right early as you first met. Yeah, we, we met. And then he left in, let's say, two months, started working in Maldives. And you didn't, you just let go? You thought, yeah, that's yeah, gone, because brilliant. He's going to take, take your purple <laughs> and take it off your pop. Oh my God, absolutely. Because first of all, you have to think about 1999. Maldives was not how you think about Maldives these days. It was like, mm, what, where? Right, okay. You know, you don't even... <coughs> I'd never heard of it until I got to Asia. See? Okay. So, moving there with him, I mean, Maldives, as you know, is 1,200 tiny little islands, so it's not even like, oh, let's try, like, you yeah, know, yeah. I join you in London and then we will see. No, it was like... Yeah, so we were kind of like long distance and meeting in Dubai once, he came once, so every two, three months, and then a lot of uh, emails. Oh, you quite committed to go and meet in Dubai. Yeah, I know, but you know, it was like first time for me to even go and see a country like Dubai, so it was exciting, yes. And then, actually, it was my boss. Um, so this is 99. 99. So it's still like the early... Early days of email as well, to some Very, yes, yes, yes. You have to wait in a line, you know. And into that cafe, and yeah. for those, hotmail to dial da, 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 da. <laughs> For those who don't know, everyone was worried that the next year would be, everyone would be blown up. It was yeah, the Millennium Bike, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, the Y2K, that was yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. so, so, so then, uh, actually, my boss in the publishing house, we were very good friends, and he was like, how do you want to do this? I mean, you can be dating him forever. It will always be good when you only meet here and there. Um, so he said, I will keep your job for six months. Just go and you can come back. Wow. If it doesn't work out. Yes. So I moved to Maldives, uh, to this tiny little island of 300 meters wide and one kilometer long. Yeah, I never came back. But to answer your question, so it was already said, you know, this will be like, two, three years opening, and then you go to another place because that's what he was doing. So it wasn't like we decided to travel. It was part of his job. So if I stay with him, that's the deal. And you felt at that time, purple turtleneck aside, it was worth it. We could get over that particular moment. Yeah, especially especially in Maldives. Like, I absolutely love that country. I love that life. Um, It was incredible. so you've gone, you, you've followed him around, and I don't it sounds, that sounds horrible, you didn't follow him around, you went with him to all these different places. So you've had an amazing journey. Mm-hmm. So where are one of the places, or some of the places that you've been that you've really enjoyed? I think for me the best one will always forever be Maldives, for sure, because um, it was, Maldives is amazing as, as a place itself, and then... And people, if you're listening, get there quick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, quite. Apparently, it's sinking, I heard. Well, sinking or water rising, one of the two. Yeah, I'm not something sure. like that. You mentioned Canada. Canada. Did you, Canada. How was mm-hmm. that? Cold. So, after Maldives, 
it was a very cold and, and like from yes yeah yeah we did because before Can I quickly quick side story for you. i also came here in 2005 mm-hmm. and i met a guy in bangkok airport who had a purple turban <laughs> to make <laughs> a <turtle laughs> fell in love <laughs> and you moved in with him he just i think he came from calgary in canada it was minus 36 degrees wherever he left from in canada and it was six degrees in bangkok when he arrived we have a little chat and how do you prepare for that uh <laughs> Hibernation. Yeah. Well, we were way. moving to Vancouver, and everyone assured me that it will be not so cold. But sorry, and it wasn't. But from being from Slovakia, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's a, that has a cold spell and a cold twist. Yeah. I would imagine it's it's cold most of the time, apart from in the summer where it's slightly warm. Yeah. So you must have been used to the the cold weather. And Martin's a big hockey player as well, isn't he? Exactly. So he must have been very happy. He was going very to Canada. Yeah. Bless him. So then. What were you doing while Martin was doing all this? Because this is about you, really. Let's forget Martin and his silly turtleneck. What were you doing? Were you just kind of anything or just bumming around? or You mean in Maldives or specifically in Canada? Well, anyway. During the time you, left, you left your job. Yes. And decided, right, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to Slovakia. So, you know, thanks. so the Maldives was interesting because it was... It was um, the company didn't allow the spouses or the, the the boyfriends to just be living on the island without any job, smartly so because it's so tiny and then yeah. people just get crazy. And so, <clears throat> because my background is uh, physiotherapy, that's I what I studied. No, I didn't expect yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of like fitted the CV to, you know, employ me in the spa. So that's what I was doing there. But it was not my thing. And what I ended up doing is uh, I was working in water sports and I absolutely loved the job. So I was, while everyone else was sweating in uh, ugly uniforms and dealing with like super rich five-star guests, I was just like catamaran sailing, giving private lessons in windsurfing and water skiing. And now we can talk. Playing <laughs> begamon with my Maldivian colleagues. It we was need to the talk best, about like. I did that for 15 ever. years. That's what I did, was teach horse sports and play backgammon every See? evening. That's brilliant. That's I miss backgammon. That's such a good game, backgammon. I know. We just don't sit- play it anymore. No, just yeah. sitting there. We used to just go to the bars mm-hmm. and then we'd eat piles of backgammon sets. Just grab it, just play, drink, relax, eat snacks. Mm-hmm. What a life that was. Should do a games night here after that. Yeah, that would be great too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the natural thing of just yeah, going on it rather than just kind of forcing it upon us. Yeah. You can play Guess Who if you like. That's a very difficult game to play at the moment when you can't say <laughs> the man or a woman. Well, these days we play Uno and, you know. Yeah, so. Uno is good. Or Minecraft, as my children are sat here exactly. playing Minecraft. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask what, you, what got you into the water sports. Because oh, that's a bit of a leap. How did I get into yeah. water sports? I'm assuming, yeah, we, we, sorry, we kind of glossed over the, the physiotherapy background, but I'm assuming that was not something, you, not an avenue you wanted to go down. So no, definitely not. But my when I was five, I started to do water skiing and then in winter skiing, and it was on the competitive level. Okay. So water skiing was on a national level so I was really looking at that job and you know the five-star hotel culture and the the rules and all that it was not really for me but the water sports obviously had freedom and 
you know, completely different relationship with the guest as well. You know, yeah. you are teaching them some something. There is a fine fun element, whereas in service or in spa, you. you no, it's interesting. I I used to work teaching sailing, and it, we used to get some very VIP guests mm-hmm. and some very rich people yeah. would come on the holiday, and you. As soon as they get on that boat, or as soon as they get on the board, yeah. they're a very different person Absolutely. because they're out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I can tell, yeah, when they're in the spa, they're like they're still powerful. I'm in charge. Yeah. I'm the boss. This you're, is me. You're providing yeah. a service. I've taken Peter Kenyon out, who used to be the managing director. Well, he used to be manager director of Chelsea. Was the managing director of Manchester United. Yeah. I took him out sailing. Completely different character yeah. on the water, and you know we got on like a house on fire. <laughs> But yeah, I think you're right. Working on the, the waterfall side of things, guests seem more relaxed. Yeah. And like I said, they come out of their comfort zone today. Do you have that with your dogs training or, or not really? No, no, funnily enough, I do. Because it, it, the main thing is it's out of their comfort zone and it's not something they can control. And yeah. obviously, if they're coming mm-hmm. to you, they're clearly, there's a problem, usually. So I've not been able to fix it, so we need help. And if you do have a dog that has a problem, then go and see Russell at Kangaroo Point Academy. <laughs> when did the move to. Thailand come. So that was 15 years ago, mm-hmm. which was the same as pretty much all of us. What was the decision yeah, there? I mean, Canada was amazing. We had a really good time, two years there, but we were just missing Asia and just the, the expat environment. Um, Canadians are very friendly though, aren't they? Super friendly. Like that, that part wasn't an issue, but if you live in very international environment, especially yeah. with projects like Martin was doing the openings. It's so funny because just last week we we created this Facebook group. Like we were in touch with all the people from this property from 1999, uh, all the staff, everyone who was opening their that property, and they just created a huge Facebook page, and everyone is updating who they are. And it's really cool, you know. So it's it's special, special kind of uh, uh, job. It's not like. Um, regular thing and we thought we want that standard lifestyle but then once you have it you realize that maybe maybe not so we martin got another offer uh not so much in asia it was bahamas after a short project and from there we we knew exactly that but it had it had still a few steps around then we had the first child and then uh, the family was like you are so far away come closer so then the offer for uh, general manager of the hotel in Prague came along and we thought oh wow that's a great you know timing for being closer to the family grandmas can help you to take care of the of the child yeah no <laughs> <laughs> So then we went to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You said you went to Cambodia as well? After after the first Thailand. Wait. Oh, okay, so I forgot oh, oh, about oh, okay. I forgot about those uh, that one year in Thailand. It was north of uh, north of Bangkok, Khao Yai. Beautiful part of um, Thailand. Uh, wine wine country yeah. these days a lot. So Cambodia was after. And then Thailand south. Okay. So the move here mm-hmm. was for work for Martin again. Yes, I'm assuming. So, and you've been now here for 15 years. Yes. When did the project Artisan? Because that's where we are sat right now. Yeah. When did that whole mm-hmm. idea and 
come together. Well, actually, before that, again, you've, up until this point, everywhere you've been has been sort of a short hop, a year, two year, sort of mm-hmm. spread somewhere. Yeah. So you got yourself to Phuket. Did you come here with the decision that we're going to base ourselves here, and this is the, this is the long term thing? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, and then from a from a project point of view, yeah. Now for your question, what happened? Yeah. So then Martin was still having, you know, offers. So we were based here, but for example, our daughter was born in Cyprus because it was just, you know, he got contract in uh, Cyprus. I was going to say because that's the first time you mentioned Cyprus. So yeah. Oh, I forgot about okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> I like which so side of Cyprus. Cyprus Paphos. Okay. Paphos okay. Said. Yeah. So and then I was pregnant and. It didn't work with the flying over seven months and staying here and having the baby here and Martin there. So I moved there. We had a baby and and then while she was so tiny, he got one more consulting contract in Maldives again. <laughs> that was only very short, like five months. Okay. But always the Thailand, the the place here we have was always the place where we would return, short term, long term, but after that, after the second Maldives, uh, that's the when we count 15 years and we actually really moved here uh, because with the baby and everything yeah. is a little bit more complicated and you want them to be stable. Gotcha. So. Okay, so I'll ask my question again. When did the idea for Project <laughs> Artisan come up? Because this has been, how long has Project Artisan been going for now? Uh, with construction, I will say five years. Now. Okay. So when was the first idea, and, and then how did that idea come about? Was it you pushing for it? Was it Martin, or was it a collective conversation? I think it was more me pushing for it. Um, Why? What did you? Because I had no idea what it involves. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> but before that, what was it? Why did you want to have? Well, and just, you didn't want to send to do what? No, no, no. It was more like... Um, as a niche? There was nothing even close to at that time. You know, it was few, few things. Um, one of them was my child will be brought up here. And you have to look at that time uh, in Thailand or Phuket specifically as really there was almost nothing. You know, when you want your child to have... Um, activities in inspiring environment and the dining in a little bit different you know we all love uh, local restaurants and we all used to go to to fancy resorts but there was really not much in between like the independent restaurants that are designed with certain idea in mind so and then we had so many friends and people around us who came to visit Phuket and young families and they will be impressed with beach and you know the resort itself but then they are like okay that's it yeah was nothing to do even phuket town wasn't something you go to explore um and they judged thailand based on what they've seen in phuket so that would be the Patong, Bangla Row, just to visit for fun, and then local restaurants, beautiful beach, and that's it, you know. What is Project Artisan? 
Project Artisan is uh, still, of course, didn't arrive to that final state of uh, what it should be or what it was meant to be from the beginning. It's uh, still developing, but we always thought we will create a place where um, you will kind of like gather the, the, the best of Thailand, the whole Thailand, the north, a little bit of north culture, a little bit of south, modern Bangkok, industrial, and then uh, provide the space apart from restaurant and bar and before, you know, bakery, um, provide the space for um, uh, artists to, uh, to show their art and yeah markets you know there was nothing there was no creative markets back then um, so it was it was the original idea just the pretty space uh, inspiring space when many many workshops can happen and were you an artist or is it just something that you had an interest in i I would I would call myself more like a designer rather than artist. Um, before this, I had a, um, a furniture uh, company uh, back in Europe with my business partner. She's still right. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, no. <laughs> when did that I happen? I forgot that <laughs> when I was in Thailand. So I was sourcing furniture here in oh, Thailand. You were ex okay, so you were fine. I was I was here. She was there. The, the, show, the showroom is still uh, there and running after so many years. So, yeah, um, from Indonesia and Thailand. So I would go, do shopping trips, organize, the, organize the, the container, and she would sell it there. The name Project Artisan, mm -hmm. was that your idea? And if it was, where did it come from and how long did it take you to name it? Yeah, no, it wasn't my idea, and actually I have to give official credit to, I don't know if you remember, Sandy Porter? Yeah, yes. Sandy, yeah, Sandy was uh, helping us at the beginning, and I think it was her who was actually, she kind of like flipped the name because we were thinking Artisan Project, yeah. and then she and I... Uh, we were constantly saying like it can't sound like a resort. We were so like we do not want to end up to to have a service that is style like uh, you know the service in a five star resorts. Um, and then she said, "What about Project Artisan?" And uh, yeah, it was Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Hey. <laughs> Where is she now? In states. Is she? Yeah. Less. Seen her for years, obviously, because she's yeah, in the states. Can't be why then? Yeah. <laughs> so. Obviously, with COVID aside, what was before? Because you had the bakery and you had the spa and you had everything. So, mm -hmm. was that the dream? Is to have all these little kind of mm -hmm. uh, outbuildings is the wrong word, but I'm looking out and there's lots of little areas where you just go and, and then you rent those areas out. Yes. Okay. So that was the idea. To I I wouldn't say the small little buildings were the idea. I think the idea was to have a lot of greenery. So that kind of. Uh, and this land specifically kind of like pushed you to make it look like that because I wanted every single corner to have the garden views and to be very green and lush. And it, to be, I mean, I've been coming here I think, since the day you opened it really. You started off down, not that the podcast listeners can see this, but you started off down there and you built mm -hmm. um, this sort of large area that makes the restaurant area now. 
but it's always felt cozy, it's felt homely, it's felt warm, it's relaxing, and at the same time, elegant. So it's wow, you've used some words there. Oh my God, thank you, Russell. No, but no, yeah. no, I'm not trying to... Russell. Not because trying to it, was, it was the intention, you know, and it's really hard with a big project like this, so often they go wrong way. <clears throat> And you've so, got a lot of unique touches here from the design. I'm, I'm guessing all the design stuff is coming from your side of it. And I'm only saying that because I'm aware someone with a purple turtleneck probably wouldn't think about <laughs> such unique little touches. I could be doing him a horrible disservice. No, in this case, and when he was here, he would agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But, you know, it was, it was also to his credit that he was able to give me 100% freedom. There was not even one corner of this place where he would be arguing with me, like, not like that. Because I, I really, sometimes I don't even know why. I just know it should be that way. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, that's, that's his did credit. It, did it also help with the fact that from an operational perspective, that's you know, more Martin's background anyway, so in terms yeah. of how they, the nuts and bolts of how it should operate. Yeah. I can do that bit, mm-hmm. whereas you were very much more with, okay, great, but I can do the look and feel yes. and how things should look and, uh, and operate on that side of things. Exactly. And I guess that makes it a little bit easier because you're not necessarily stepping on toes there. Mm-hmm. Sweet. You've had a lot of events here, which Russ and I yeah. have been to um, a couple. Russell comes more, and I live on the other side of the island, so it's it's a long trek for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just talk us through some of your favorite events here. Oh, the, the many favorites, and also I, I do not. It, it all comes very organically. Like I do not have a plan to say, oh, I want this or I want that. It's more like people get inspired and they see themselves doing something here, and then it comes mostly from outside. So it's a creative space. So someone like me who runs a, a big event could come here, which I do run a big event. You do indeed. Um, and they could just say, oh, yeah, I could do something here. Then they'd approach you and you say, yeah, lovely, because you want... It. So it's like a collective okay. space. I don't know what the right... I'm trying to think of the right terminology for it. Uh, I was going to use the word community. It oh, was actually. meant to be yeah. community space, yeah. But for me, the problem with the word community... Yeah, I did, that's why I hesitate. It sounds like a... Ch- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a terrible word. Yeah. <laughs> I understand about looking after our community, but then I just think of... And I meant it more from that it was a space for our community to get together and be... Who's your community, Russell? You, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't edit that bit. Um, now, we're going to... We're recording this on a Friday, and we are going to miss this, but I just want to mention, you've got a burger event happening, and this mm-hmm. is one of the things you do. These guys are coming down from Bangkok, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So that must be fun for the quarantine and stuff. We'll, yeah. we'll forget about that for now. Yeah, we had a few negative comments on our social media. Well, there's three. Because of the fact, fact negative of, on social media. Yeah, I Let know, me I'm tell you about negative comments <laughs> on social media. Oh, my media. God, you must be a master. You should do a workshop of how, how to handle yeah. negative yeah. comments. Yeah, no, the joys of my life. These two guys, they've been here for almost two months now. Okay. One of them arrived from America from states, uh, both of them are Americans, and they just moved to Phuket because all the restaurants in Bangkok are closed. So this is the same team as we had the event before, Jua, okay. which was the yakitori uh, Japanese style um, yummy food. 
was very very successful and they also have second uh, uh, second uh, concept which is the American burgers so it's, it's an American diner concept so it's burgers it's hot dogs it's milkshakes it's kind of everything that Russell and I probably love yes yeah. when is it it's down. this weekend we unfortunately Unfortunately, for the podcast listener, it was last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've missed it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was was amazing. I tell you what, that was fantastic. It was the second best burger event on the island. (laughs) That's for sure. Close second. Close second. But we've also been here for the full moon. I get get this word. No, the full moon brewery. I can't say brewery. 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 Yeah, brewery. Brewery. Drinking. Drinking. We was here for that, which was lovely. That was really cool because you had the... um, the thing set up to take a picture and we were oh, criminals. The, the <laughs> yeah. That was brilliant. And that was all coming from, actually, from uh, Kun M, from uh, Full Moon. They're really cool. Say, yeah. 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 They, yeah, we can say this. Yeah. We can say beer. We can say vodka and oh gin and everything. I know. You can even say shit if you want. Not that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo, woo. We no, won't mention that you're drinking vodka and beer at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've worked with the, the Full Moon guys I've worked with on my burger competition, and they've always been really supportive. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're lovely guys, lovely. Yes. And a lot of people love the their yeah, love their beer. Personally, for me, I don't like it, <laughs> but they are. Do I can not, say that. No, I don't like brew beer. You're not an alien. I'm not an alien person. No, but I love them, right, and yeah. I love what they're doing. Yes. And I even talked to them about would it be possible to design a beer for brands. So I even talked to them about doing that, and they said, "Well, we could." But the amount you'd have to produce is actually yes. quite difficult, and that's it. With, with, and I think it came down to the the rules. As my son's whistling, um, the, the rules to be a. I can't remember the rules. You had to produce a certain amount because of the big companies. The big beer companies don't want these little artisan breweries to pop up because they're really nervous about it because right. they want to dictate who has their horrible beer. As we will not, yeah. So that was the reason why you couldn't do it, which is a shame, really. So yeah, that horrible beer that you like. Yes. No, I don't really drink. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, listen, I like Heineken Blue because it's not non-alcoholic, and the only beer I will drink nowadays, which I don't drink very often, is a San Miguel Light every now and again, just one or two, and that's it. I'm just not a big drinker, mm. not anymore. Yeah. I used to be yeah. when I was younger, in my nineties, wearing my purple turtleneck. Like, I was. In the 90s, I'll be drinking, that's for sure. <laughs> I hope I'm alive. I'm like, no, actually, I don't. Bit, bit <laughs> um, tell us more. So, Project Arsenal, we can come here for lunch, we can come here for dinner. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, are we a breakfast place? We used to have breakfast, but now, during COVID, we, uh, we open at 11. We still have breakfast menu, so yeah. if you are late for breakfast uh, around 11, then, yeah. And taking COVID... Sort of out of the equation momentarily because you know, hopefully look we're on the back end of this anyway. But let's fast forward a wee bit. COVID's done and dusted. We're back to quote unquote normal. What are your sort of plans moving Amsterdam forward for the future? We have many many different plans that will depend on when uh, COVID is over and how the situation looks like. Um, because of all of the collaborations, we talk with different people in a, in a way that maybe they will open small um, venues around here. So, But we are not making any final decisions because we will just go by the feel at that moment okay. when it's really... So you're not having to, like, you know, once we get to, you know, a year, in a year's time when this is all done, dust we're going to do X, Y, Z. You don't have anything set in stone for... 
there is still a third phase which should happen, which should be accommodation on the back. But there is still a lot oh, of land okay. there. It was always the plan from the beginning. Um, like so, like a like a B and B style, or more. If we do it, I would I would prefer it to be more like um, very simple, stylish but mm-hmm. simple. I think we have enough. <laughs> there was idea of tents as well. Um, I think we have we have fantastic uh, five star. Um, but still, there is a gap on very simple, maybe bed and breakfast, yeah. cottages, simple no, style, not expensive. Bed and breakfast style, but done classily. Yeah. Well, but you, you could also, because I've been to events here which have been like jewelry events and art events. So, you know, that collect, the collective, mm-hmm. which I believe is a good word to use, mm-hmm. would like to stay in very simple but nice. Yeah. You know, so you're not sleeping on rough, and I've slept in some rough old places, for sure. <laughs> still do. But you can have a nice place, and then you can then have some time here to do your art and enjoy the, the place, enjoy the events that you do. And yeah, no, I think it's it's a lovely place as I look out the window. It is very, very cool. Yeah. I like it Thank here. Thank you. No, honestly, you've done an amazing job here as well. Thank you, cool. guys. That's all right. What sort of things have you got on your bucket list? On my bucket list... Well, the surge on to the, the Maldives. Well, <laughs> going back to Maldives for sure. We've, we've been uh, for holiday twice uh, and it was amazing as always, but I would like to be able to go back anytime I, I want to. And then, um, yeah, I hope Project Artisan, uh, once it reaches certain uh, stage of completion, is it the word? Okay. Uh, that someone... I like the way you asked Russell with that. <laughs> didn't ask me. <laughs> oh, all interview, you've been staring at me when we've been talking, and as soon as you ask a word, you have to check with yeah. Russell. When it comes to people, spelling. People know I'm thick, basically. <laughs> so Next good. time I check with you. No, I wouldn't. I would, no, I would check with him straight away anyway. <laughs> I would um, love to see someone um, managing it. Um, independently and then I can go back to what I love to do and designing and I have many 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 ideas and I can't wait to actually go back to being more creative um, on my own yeah it's tough as a creative person at the moment to be creative yeah I I can I can see that pain yeah because it's a case of I have to just tick over right now and make the money and make everything work and Especially high school is about to start and everything also, like that. And then, there's also, I'm guessing, the element with it. I mean, this is, like, I've got a similar thing with, with my place, but this is your baby. You've built this up from yes. scratch. So it's not a case of, I'll just get someone to come in and run it. It's, they've got to run that in the right. They've got to buy into it the way you buy into it. They've got to see it the way you see it and feel it the way you feel it. Yeah. And that's, that's difficult to... Yeah, I'm still hoping. I mean, uh, you know, I, I never thought this is one of the things where I uh, underestimated um, how difficult it is. We were aware of many, many things that are not easy and we work hard. This part to once you do a project with such a mark of your personal style and yeah, feel, Sometimes, uh, you know, to, to find someone who will take over and now 
I lowered my expectation of how that would look like. I'm not expecting, you know, the same anymore. But of course, as you said, with your business, you know, it's not only your baby, but there is no option of giving up or you, you just have to make it work. And yeah. so uh, 80% of, of your vision, you just have to push for and find the right person who will feel that it's worth the trouble and all the energy to be pushing in that direction. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you're looking and you're all passionate about Project Artisan, send me your CV. Yeah. I'll check because <laughs> then I'm on a commission yeah. <laughs> if it's the right person. Um, just before we, we, we sign off, you mentioned a few things. Is there anything that on your bucket list that you really want to do, like diving or anything crazy that you've never done that we just dream to do? place you've ever been. Morocco is number one on my list. For the drugs or just for... <laughs> yeah, drugs. <laughs> and then um, many, many places, but that one is high on my... Well, just Morocco's because of the aesthetics and yeah, interior you. design and the beauty and... Yeah. Wasn't that where Indiana Jones was filmed? It might have been. I was looking at you, movie buff. Mm-hmm. Well, Tunisia was Star Wars. Okay, close enough. Yeah, and that's it. You know, like I, I feel like in in COVID time, we many people just lowered their yeah. bucket list expectations. Not because you give up, but you basically feel like you well, know everything's on pause at the moment. Exactly right? on so. the pause. Lots of dogs are. Most of my dogs are. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think that if you are pausing your bucket list. I think it's a really good idea right now for your own personal mental health is to start a bucket list and write it down. Once a week, just sit down for five, ten minutes, and I'm doing this with my kids at the moment, is just writing stuff down. Because I think that that, you then get some dreams and you get some inspiration and you forget that we're in a crazy time right now. And I think that if you are pausing it, don't. Sit down and write some out. Because you never know. I will do it. For in my case, I don't feel like I'm pausing it. I'm, I'm reconsidering. I almost feel like it's not, it's not necessary. All I need is just the world to be um, safer, and maybe that's on my back. Sure, but I think from a mental health point of view, once again, if you write them down, it gives you goals to set yourself. And I think it's a you can visualize you can visualize a target, and it gives you. I mean, I'd love the world to be safe, and I'd love to have my grandparents, not my grandparents, my parents hug my kids. You know, that is a bucket list dream. But I want to also I want to drive a monster truck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lead. It was a lead, wasn't it? Okay. Thank you very much for having us here. We love Project Artisan. We've done uh, we've recorded here before, Mm -hmm. but we'll do again for sure. Um, we'll put the link in the description of Project Artisan. Go and check it out. Lunch and dinner, for sure. And you're going to miss the Good burger brunch. event. You've just missed the burger event. Yes. It but was there amazing. will be other events. Many. There will be many, many, many more events to come. Michaela, thank you very much for your time. Thank Appreciate you, guys. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, dude. Cheers. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the outro. Hello, mate. Hi, Russell. How you doing? That was Michaela. Love her to pieces. Do you? I do Is that indeed. because she's just run off to get you ice cream? Yes, that's exactly why. She's just gone to straight to the top of my Christmas list. It was, it was very nice. She offered my children ice cream. Who, hello, children. And I said no. So and I was mortified. I know. So, <laughs> so you've got ice cream coming. I've got ice cream coming. I do indeed. Anyway, I'm that was Michaela. How well do I don't, I, I've known her, but I don't know her. And I guess this is what the podcast is all about. Is yeah. I, I found out a lot more about her. One, mm-hmm. where she was from. And two, that she hates Canadians. 
and purple well, no, turtlenecks. She doesn't hate Canadians. She hates she, purple she, turtlenecks. She, she loves <laughs> she loves Canadians. She hates Canadians. She doesn't hate Canada. It's just a cold country and not the Maldives. I think it was just more the point that it wasn't Asia and they sort of... I think so. When you fall in love with the bamboo curtain, you just fall in love with the bamboo curtain. And that's it. We've all been there, right? Well, some of us have been there for longer (laughs) than others, to be fair. But Project Arzan is a very, very cool place. We have been... And we're sat here now doing the outro. Yeah, and as I said, we've been here before, done recordings here. I I do enjoy coming here. I'm I'm lucky. You come here more than I do. I do. To be fair, my my work is literally around the corner, so I do come here for lunch. What do you do for a job, Russell? Well, it's funny you should mention that. I've I've often thought we should, if you don't mind, occasionally mention the fact that I I run this amazing luxury dog resort and training center just around the corner called Canine Point Academy, which people could find at caninepointacademy.com. Or they could go to Facebook and just search Canine Point Academy. They could indeed. But anyway, I digress. It mm. happens to be just around the corner from this fabulous place called Project Artisan. And I've been coming here but you like since the, it you first like the artisan foodies here. They do do a lot of kind of quirky food, don't they? It's not so much. It's just it's a great menu selection. A little bit varied. Yeah, they've got some, some quirky items. But I, you, know, you could argue that a lot of places have their own sort of quirks and what have you. McDonald's For, doesn't. Well, you could argue that they probably do. It's not real food. It is real food. It's kind of quirky. What about Burger King? Don't you slag off Burger King. No, I, I've no, seen no, no, you with no, Burger no. King milkshakes. Milks, uh, Burger King milkshake and french fries. I mean, it's the way to go, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually taught my children who are sat with us now. Hello, children again. I uh, taught them about dipping french fries in ice cream yesterday. You are you are dad of the year. Eh? Dad I, of the year. Do I win a medal? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Project Arzen, it's a really cool place. Come here for lunch. Come here for dinner. Um, they do do lots of events, so you can come and check <laughs> them out. You said do-do. Did I do-do? <laughs> That's like poop. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Russell, here comes your ice cream, I think. Oh, well, hey. The lady has Thank just rocked big. up with, uh, with, oh, my word. It's not what you think it is. There's a lollipop ice cream. And yeah. this is, okay, for the podcast listener, I'm going to try to describe it. So a, a, a coconut bowl or an old coconut's just rocked up with something inside it, which I'm assuming is coconut ice cream. Coconut sorbet. Co- 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 <laughs> easy for me to say, coconut sorbet. And then there's a skewer with a chocolate ball on the end. And I'm yes. assuming you dip that in the coconut sorbet. It's yummy. Well, we haven't eaten it yet. No, I have before. But I'm, Zahara I'm has just come yummy. up and her eyes opened up when she <laughs> saw this big bowl of coconut sorbet. It does look nice. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, thank you for listening to the Jayla Shark and Friends and Russell podcast. You can like us on Facebook. Just search Jayla Shark and Friends. You can like us on Instagram and on the Twitter just by going to Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is... I thought you were going to steal my line. The best place to go would be PhuketPodcast.com. Oh, did you want me to say the not the best place to go? Well, it's just it's it's kind of treading on no, toes. We'll just do it again. But it, no, 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 it's okay. Oh, if you want to go to Facebook and search Jayla Shark and Friends, or just go to Instagram or to Twitter and sh- search s- search Phuket Podcast. Why are you just pointing at me? You're not asking me. You're not introing what I've got to say here. Where else would they go, Russell? Well, now that you, funny you should mention that, I would go to PhuketPodcast.com. Because if you did go to PhuketPodcast.com, you would find a range of other podcasts. This is, this is worse than <laughs> last week's <laughs> outro when your mum was slagging me off about me being fat. Productions. <laughs> anyway, that's the outro. Michaela, she's amazing. I, I'm not fat. You're no. not fat. Although I did weigh myself on the scales at my apartment, and it still says 80 but every other scale I seem to step on says 88. And actually, I showed Zahara the video of me doing my Muay Thai fight. And when I got introduced in the introduction, it said I was 81 kilos. So since then, I've put on eight, seven kilos. I did the maths wrong. Yes. Do you want some ice cream? Yes. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. <laughs>